Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we'll continue our teaching series, Why Explore Bible Prophecy, with teacher and author Steve Butler. Watchmen on the Wall is here each day to bring clarity to the chaos and remind everyone who tunes in that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Don't miss out on any of the important topics and information that is shared on Watchmen on the Wall. Be sure to subscribe to our free e-newsletter, A Moment of Prophecy, the latest insight and analysis from our speakers, and access to our latest resources. Sign up today for the free e-newsletter, A Moment of Prophecy, at swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Or you can simply give us a call, one 800 652 1144. You can also receive our free monthly updates through the mail. Same great information, just delivered through the mail. SWRC.com or give us a call 1-800-652-1144. We're only a few weeks away from our first Clarity to the Chaos Conference of 2023, February 17th and 18th in Niceville, Florida. Speakers include Doug Stoffer, Dr. Larry Spargimino, Greg Patton, Larry Stamm, Micah Van Hus, and Josh Davis. Reserve your seats today by visiting the events page of our website, swrc.com. Or you can always give us a call, 1-800-652-1144. And be sure to check out the full schedule of this year's conferences. Lord willing, we'll be in California, Tennessee, Indiana, Kansas, Colorado, Ohio, and Nevada. SWRC.com and click on events. Now, friends, it's time to open our Bibles and continue our series, Why Explore Bible Prophecy, with teacher and author Steve Butler. We are in point number five. And we're, uh, we just finished up talking about the passage in Matthew 26 and the uh, companion passage in, in Psalm 22. And the point in Matthew 26, as you recall, in our last program is where Jesus was being betrayed by Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is uh, basically saying, if you had known the Old Testament scriptures, you would know exactly how this is going to unfold and for instance, when one of his one of Jesus' followers took his sword out and cut the ear off of a slave of one of the high, of the high priest, uh, Jesus said, "You know, you shouldn't have done that because that is not fulfilling prophecy. If you had studied the Old Testament, you'd know exactly how this event is going to go down." But of course, they hadn't, and uh, consequently, there was a lot of uh, suffering that took place among a lot of people simply because they had not studied the Old Testament, which, of course, again, remember, the only scripture that was available at the time of the events when Jesus walked the earth was the Old Testament. And we see that the Old Testament gave uh, a clear description, a clear overview, and even great detail into exactly what was going to happen to Jesus during his first ministry. We went to Psalm 22 as a follow-up to Matthew 26 to show there were several events uh, specific to the crucifixion of Christ that were prophesied there. Let's uh, continue with point number five, and the point there is that we need, if we're going to 
properly and fully understand the New Testament, we have got to study the Old Testament. And you say, wait a minute, why do I need to spend my time in a book that's clearly all about Israel and its dealings in the world? It's all about the Jews. I'm a Gentile. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I don't need to study the Old Testament. And unfortunately, that is a fairly common belief among people. And and there are actually churches that promote it. I mean, I've actually been in a church where you were not allowed to have a copy of the Old Testament. But that is clearly not what uh, God has planned for us. He gave us 66 books, and there are 39 of them in the Old Testament. And he gives us a very clear and full understanding of what, who he is, who his son is, who the Holy Spirit is, and what his plans are for mankind. You find them listed for the first time in the Old Testament and then confirmed in the New Testament. And when you can see the confirmation between the Old Testament and the New Testament, that just gives you a greater, deeper sense of who God is and what he wants specifically what he wants for you in your life by giving you such great detail. So let's uh, let's look at another example of what we're talking about, about needing to know the Old Testament in order to understand fully uh, the, the New Testament. So let's go to the book of Luke in the New Testament. That's uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we want to go to the book of Luke to chapter 24. Chapter 24, and this is, uh, for context, we're looking at a um, event that pre- that comes right after his resurrection on the uh, on Sunday on that glorious third day, after being in the ground um, in the tomb for three days and three nights, he is gloriously resurrected, and he comes back and he starts walking among the people in in Jerusalem, and he does that for forty days. The Bible tells us, for forty days in his glorified body. He makes himself visible to believers and interacts with them. And here is a great example, and it's about um, two men who have left Jerusalem. They're they're um, depressed because the man they've been following, this Jesus, um, said that he was going to die and that he was going to resurrect on the third day, and we haven't seen him. And so we're leaving Jerusalem, and we're walking home approximately, oh, I don't know, it's five, six miles from Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus. Emmaus. So these two men are walking along, and all of a sudden this third man shows up and starts talking to them. And um, it's a wonderful passage in Luke 24 that I would um, ask you to read on your own at some point in time and just get an overall sense of this, this wonderful epiphany, if you will, these men had when this man comes alongside of him and then they find out that he is the risen Jesus. What a wonderful experience. But let's look at Luke 24, and let's look specifically at verses 25 to 27. And he said to them, Jesus talking to the two men, he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Verse 26, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then to enter into his glory? Verse 27, then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he, Jesus, explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So I tried to emphasize 
the word all through here, that Jesus wasn't saying, hey, if you kind of hit the high points, you'll get a gist of what, what was going what, what to happen in the future. No, Jesus said, I implore you, you men, you foolish men, you slow of heart to want to believe. I have laid this whole thing out through my heavenly Father, laid out the entire future in detail for you to read to believe, to understand, and to take into your heart and to give you a sense of joy and hope. Yet you don't want to do that because, frankly, you're lazy. And so many so many people are. But boy, I can tell you from personal experience and seeing, watching people who have started to study the scriptures and really get into them and to understand the prophetic pronouncements that were made 1,500 years before it actually happened, or yet those that are yet to happen, just to see their eyes light up and to their, they just come alive with this great hope. And frankly, that is the Holy Spirit working in their life. This isn't something where you've, you've read a book on buried treasure and you think you've found the answer of where it may be located. There is nothing to compare with the discovery of God's nuggets of gold, his truths in his word, when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and opens your ears to see and hear what he has to say to you through his holy word and the hope he gives us through the fulfillment of his prophecy. Many, many prophecies. So we see that, that Jesus said, let me go through the whole Old Testament from Moses through all the prophets and to concern how, how they all uh, describe what was going to happen to him, both, at, frankly, at his uh, first coming as well as his second coming. The second coming has got as many, if not more, prophecies than the first coming. But he says all the things, verse 27 of Matthew 24, all the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So how much more emphatic does our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ have to be with us, his brothers and sisters, through his blood, that I want you to study the Old Testament? Let's move on to the next uh, example that we have in the New Testament, and that is in the book of Acts. So we're in the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So go past Luke, past John, and the next book is Acts. These are the Acts of the Apostles after Jesus was uh, glorified and went back to his Father in heaven, where he's waiting to come get his church. Acts 17, and let's look at the first three verses to, uh, to begin with here, in uh, Acts chapter 17, it says now, uh, in verse 1, now when they had traveled through Amphipolis and Apoll- uh, Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, and this is all in Greece, northern Greece, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's, this is the Apostle Paul, and according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths, three Saturdays for the Jew, three Sabbaths, reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. He is the Messiah. So here is Paul in Greece. So he's talking to a probably a mixture of people, but he's in a synagogue. And remember, uh, a lot of people think that the Apostle Paul only 
preached to Gentiles, and that the apostle Peter only preached to Jews. Let's remember also that Peter, who um, back, for instance, in Matthew 16, Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. He was the, that group of apostles right there at Caesarea Philippi were given the opportunity to give the gospel to people and see the Holy Spirit save them. And that's exactly what Peter did. The first person who came to faith in Jesus Christ as a Gentile, Peter brought him to that position. And now Paul, who people believe was only the apostle to the Gentiles, it shows us in verse 2, and according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths, he went to the synagogue of the Jews. Everywhere that Paul went on his three missionary journeys, the first place he went in each location was to the synagogue. So he didn't leave the Jews out. I mean, he was a Jew, and he wanted the Jews to have the good news of Jesus Christ. The problem was the Jews would turn their back on him, and that's the point that we're making here in this particular passage in Acts chapter 17. So the point is that Paul would go into the synagogues first, and in this particular case, when he got to Thessalonica, he went into the synagogues, and he reasoned with them, look at verse 2, reasoned with them from the scriptures. Now remember, what what were the scriptures at this time? With very rare exceptions, because there were some manuscripts of the very first books of the New Testament that potentially were available. But the general understanding among the theologians is that when it says reason with them from the scriptures, Paul was reasoning from the Old Testament. And what was Paul reasoning with them about from the Old Testament? Verse 3, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. He is the Messiah that had been promised all through the Old Testament. He has come and you've crucified him, but you believe in him and you will have eternal life simply by believing that he is the Son of God, that he walked this earth, was killed, was buried, and was gloriously resurrected. So we move from that passage in Acts 17. Now go over to verse 10. Go over to verse 10 in Acts 17. And it says, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away because the naysayers in in Thessalonica rose up and drove them out of town. So they, they left from there, and it says, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. This was another Greek town further inland and basically south and west of Thessalonica. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Verse 11, now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So the point I want to make here is that Paul, in his journeys, whenever he went to a new town, as I said before, would go into the Jewish synagogues, and he would preach Jesus Christ and him crucified from the Old Testament. The Jews knew the Old Testament. They didn't want anything to do with the, with the uh, New Testament. It was all Old Testament, as is true today. But he would go in and preach from their book, The Risen Jesus, and they would push back in every instance. Everywhere Paul went, he got pushed back with one exception. 
and that one exception was in Berea. And why was Berea the one exception? Verse 11, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Why? For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether or not these things were true. When Paul preached, they checked him out. None of the other synagogues did that because they had been told, here's, here's what our future is. It's through Abraham. This man they call Jesus, we want nothing to do with him. But the Bereans understood that. We need to be Bereans. We need to study the Old Testament. We need to study the New Testament so that we can properly understand fully God's plans for us, God's plan for mankind, and exactly the purposes of Jesus Christ, his first coming and his second coming. Make sure you stay tuned for the next installment in our teaching series, Why Explore Bible Prophecy. Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation is an excellent book to continue your study of Bible prophecy. One of the chapters is written by Steve Butler. There are also chapters by Larry Spargimino, Kenneth Hill, and Noah Hutchings. Order your copy of Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online swrc.com. Another outstanding resource is the book, What's Next?, by Dr. Kenneth Hill. What's Next looks at the different views people hold to concerning the end of the age. Order both, Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation and What's Next? Call 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order these resources at our website, swrc.com. Let's take a moment together and listen to today's Creation Minute with author and scholar Dr. Carl Baugh. Let's talk a minute. Neanderthals have been represented as being ignorant, evolving humanoid ancestors to modern man. And yet, anthropologists and archaeologists, to their own amazement, are now learning from many of the sites in Europe and the Middle East. Neanderthal traded jewelry, made cosmetics, developed sophisticated glues, cooked with utensils and spices, and had grave rituals. Creationists have long taught that Neanderthals were simply post-Babel man, fully human, and yet we now have this reference still as a brute beast in our modern concept, but leatherworking and other special creativity items have been found with Neanderthal. Again, the biblical representative is found to be accurate. We have a special treat for you today, a special feature from our friends at Larry Stam Ministries. It's called Messianic Minute, 60 seconds of looking at biblical truth through a Jewish lens. Shalom, friends. Larry Stamm here with the Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. When God repeats himself in the scriptures, you can be sure it's important. In Romans 12, verses 17 and 21, the Apostle Paul wrote, Repay no one evil for evil. Do not be overcome by evil 
but overcome evil with good. As Christians, we're familiar with that principle. But there's more. In between those two verses, Paul quotes directly from Proverbs chapter 5, verses 21 and 22, reiterating the point when he wrote in Romans 12, 20, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. By God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, may we overcome evil with good. For more connections, visit our website at LarryStam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page. I wanted to spend some time to review some of the brand new resources that we have here at Watchmen on the Wall. Up first is Dr. Larry Spargimino's brand new book, just debuted last week. It's entitled Calvinism on Trial. This tulip has thorns. Every day, the return of the Lord draws closer. The need for evangelism and outreach is at the utmost highest. Yet the growing popularity of five-point Calvinism has had a chilling effect on many. A new breed of Calvinist is rising with disastrous effects. Unsuspecting pastors and church leaders are confronted with a number of scriptures that seem to teach that Jesus only shed his blood for a predestined group. Everyone else has been left to perish eternally for God's good pleasure. Friends, it's a theology of inevitability. What will be, will be. So, what's the use? Curious about what Pastor Larry says about Bible prophecy and Calvinism? And his thoughts on this growing movement? Then you need to get a copy of his brand new book, Calvinism on Trial. You can order this brand new resource by calling 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order this and all the other resources we have available at our website, swrc.com. I have spoken with Dr. Spargimino personally about this book, Calvinism on Trial, and this is a book that he has been wanting to write and has been working on, really, for the past three decades. This is a book that you need, my friends, that your pastor needs, your Sunday school, your small group. You need to read Dr. Larry Spargimino's analysis in the new book, Calvinism on Trial. Speaking of books, another new book here to Watchmen on the Wall is entitled The Great Deceiver, Unmasking the Lies of Satan by Dr. Ken Copley. Dr. Copley was on Watchmen on the Wall last week to talk about this book and to talk about his ministry as a spiritual warfare counselor. Dr. Copley believes that you and I have a common enemy who, in concert with a host of evil spirits, is extremely active in our world today. As the great deceiver, his power is in the lie. As believers, you and I are engaged in a huge conflict, battling the devil's lies with God's truth. We are engaged in a mighty end-time battle. Whether we realize it or not, the warfare is real. Dr. Copley's book, The Great Deceiver, will open eyes to the work of the enemy in today's world. Now, Dr. Copley has served in ministry in Minnesota and Indiana, and he has extensive experience in warfare counseling. Let me encourage you not only to pick up a copy of his book, The Great Deceiver, but also go take a listen in the archive section of our website 
to last Thursday and Friday's program. You can search by date and take a listen to Dr. Copley's testimony and to his heart. He talks about his educational background and his experience in helping individuals and families deal with spiritual warfare. Get a copy of his book, The Great Deceiver, by calling 1-800-652-1144. Or, as I said, you can always order online, swrc.com. Let me also encourage you, we were talking about our conferences earlier. Dr. Ken Copley has agreed to accept our invitation to a few of our conferences this year. You can take a look at the different events and see where he will be in attendance. One other set of resources before we go today that I want to tell you about, and these are brand new, just debuted again last week here on the program, and that is Larry Stamm's three-DVD set, and it's entitled Walk Through the Jewish Holidays. Each DVD takes a different feast or a different holiday of the Jewish people and takes a look at it from the lens of Scripture and specifically looks into the Feast of Tabernacles, Hanukkah, and the Feast of Passover. In the Feast of Tabernacles DVD, Larry looks at the holiday commemorating God's faithfulness to the Jewish people during their wilderness wanderings. In the DVD Feast of Passover, Larry looks at the origin of communion and its symbols and elements. And in the DVD, The Miracles of Hanukkah, Larry Stamm examines the meaning and importance of Hanukkah to the Christian life. Of course, Larry Stamm is also the author of Jewish Roots of Christianity, Serving in His Court, and Into the Gale. But these brand new DVDs that were just released a few weeks ago are really something to help you harmonize the different feasts and festivals that you read about in Scripture. Let me encourage you, each of these DVDs is $20, but if you get all three of them today, you can have them for a gift of $50 or more to the ministry of Watchmen on the Wall. Walk through the Jewish holidays with our good friend Larry Stamm, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of the Passover, and the Miracles of Hanukkah, all brand new DVDs, each one of the three now in stock and available. For all of these brand new resources, let me just say we thank the people that have written these books, that have filmed these DVDs, and are making these teachings available to you. So thank you to Larry Stamm, to Dr. Ken Copley, and of course to our very own Dr. Larry Spargimino. These are not the only new resources we have available. We have some other new books and DVDs on our website, and we'll be debuting more new resources throughout 2023. Check out the Resource Center there on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. And as always, you can give us a call and place your order at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. And always remember, my friends, when you purchase a resource from Watchmen on the Wall, whether it's a book or DVD, or even if you attend a conference, you are supporting the ongoing outreach and work of SWRC and Watchmen on the Wall. So thank you so, so much. Friends, tomorrow, Tom Hughes will be here looking at America's coming judgment. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by downloading our SWRC mobile app, 
you can always subscribe to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.